I want to wake up every single day and I want to give it my all in to give it my best. And I love the feeling of being able to put my head on the pillow at the end of the day and feel satisfied with who I showed up with for that day. Welcome to the Everything is Influence podcast. This podcast is dedicated to help you understand why human beings do the things they do and ultimately how you can work with human psychology to influence change and get people to do what you want them to. Whether this is your clients, your prospects, your kids, your spouse, or anyone you come into contact with, this show will give you the tools of influence so that you can become more, unlock your true potential, and serve even more powerfully than you already do. My name is Eli Wild. Let's dive in. Hello, and welcome back to another great episode of the Everything is Influence podcast, where on each and every episode, we dig into the four levels of influence. Ultimately, what is this person up to in the world? How do they create legacy and impact beyond themselves? How do they really manage and influence themselves? How do they see the process of sales and influence? Who have they become? And how do they transfer that to other people, which is sales? And how do they influence that to groups, be that group selling or their company, their organization? And what is their vision back up to legendary influence for what they ultimately want to do in the world? And it is uh, really cool that I get to interview Chris here. Um, you know, we met years ago. We're both in Taki Moore's program, Love Taki. And, um, you know, I just saw how this guy shows up. Um, not only is he a beast, a man among men, uh, but just, just an amazing human being. And so we're going to dig into it. Um, Mr. Chris Dufay, how are you, sir? Dude, I'm great. Thank you so much, Eli. I love you, dude. <laughs> and we just did a podcast on your show. So this is a, a dual back and forth jam. We're, we're in flow here. So now I get to interview you. Um, so, you know, let's, let's start off with it. Similar question to what you asked me initially. Um, who are you? Who are you in the world? What do you do? Great question. And that is a question that can go very deep. Uh, on a surface level nutshell, I am a father of four daughters. I have founded and currently a CEO of a coaching company, Coaches Cartel. And I'm someone that's merely trying to figure out how to live my best life and really wanting to be able to help others do the same for them. So for me, it's always been a case of me solving my problems and then wanting to help solve uh, other people with those same problems. I was really overweight as a kid. I learned to be able to lose the weight and get in shape. Uh, so I became a personal trainer. I then uh, ran a really crappy personal training business in Sydney. I learned to be able to run a really good personal training business. I ended up running uh, like a personal training agency in Sydney and moved to Dubai and ran a fitness business in Dubai for two years as well. I burnt out in Dubai because I was in that typical, what we call uh, doing, as Tony says as well, in the time for money trap. Yeah. And then that's in 2014, that's when I quit the gym and started my first online fitness business. Mm. And that's when my wife and I and our first daughter at the time uh, moved from Dubai to Bali. And that was uh, doing quite some time ago. And now I get to run these businesses and get to hang out with people like you, Eli. And I'm just so grateful of this life. Yeah. That's, that's awesome, man. Um, who's, who's your ideal client? Like who do you, who do you help and what do you help them do? 
Yeah, for the coaches cartel, our ideal client is a health and fitness professional, somebody that is great at being able to get their clients' results, but wanting to be able to create a business that gives them more freedom. And especially that through the vehicle of having a business predominantly through online. So if somebody wants to be running a gym or doing in-person training, that's amazing. We can definitely help them do that, but it's really the foundational bedrock of being able to run a business online by serving their customers the best way possible through there. Amazing. And so you've been at this for a while, a good what, eight years with the online jam. Yeah. Yeah. It's been eight years running online business now. Yeah. Wild. You know, for you, I want to, I want to kind of reverse engineer. I usually, you know, we start really high, but I want to kind of get into this because you're quite fit yourself. How, how big are you? What do you weigh? What's your, uh, what's your height? And none of this meters crap. We need feet and inches. I'm six, two, six, two. Uh, and I, I don't know what I am in pounds. I'm 102 kilos at the moment. I don't know what's whatever that is in pounds. Yeah, I, I have no idea. I'll, I'll do, 230, 230 pounds maybe. Yeah, that's that's awesome, man. Yeah, it's when I when I saw you at Taki's event. It's maybe oh, about five years ago, I guess. Um, in in his event, um, you know, we connected there, and then I think it was after that we connected in Bali before. Yes. Yeah, because I, I was popping out there a lot. And so you've been able to create this business while while in Bali. Um, you know, when I, when I think of Bali, and I, I go there often, not, not since the pandemic, but, you know, it just seems like a crazy place to have an online business because I think of just kind of backpackers and all of that, and it's where I go to unplug. But you created a real, a real life for yourself there, um, going from Australia to Dubai, and now Bali. Why, why Bali? That's a great question. And I'll just talk to the first point, which is like it, it, when you said like, it sounds like a crazy place to build an online business. I've got to be honest. I really did struggle with that for quite some time because there was a lot of people here. It was like the main culture was people wanting to be able to simply, especially in the expat community, it was like people wanting to build an online business just enough so they could happily live in Bali. Uh, and I wanted to create, I wanted to create an empire. I wanted to create something big. I wanted to create something of, to me, some sustenance. And there, there was very few people. There are much more to me of those people now, uh, which is fantastic because it helps culturally being surrounded by the right people. But also like, if I could be honest, we've been living here for eight years. Uh, I would have spent maybe at least half that time elsewhere around the world, whether it was in Australia, in the US, I mean, just like us traveling as a family around the world. So that's been really interesting being uh, doing here, which to tell you the truth, I don't think we're going to be mainly based here for much longer, but where it's kind of like onto a next chapter for us as a family. And going to the other part of your question, Eli, it was building the online business has been interesting because for me, freedom is one of the biggest values I want to have. But inside of that recently, I've really discovered uh, convenience is something I really value also. And so being able to create a life that has less compromises, I won't say no compromises, but I want to say less compromises. So for me, I want to challenge the status quo and say, well, do you mean I'm currently 35 and I'm a father of four and I have a wife and I want to be like, I want to run a fantastic business. I want to be financially free and abundant. I want to be in fantastic health and shape. I want to be an, an amazing husband. I want to be an incredible father. I want to be a really great friend. I want to be able to create things in the world 
that impact as well. But I also have the flip side where I legacy is an interesting word for me because you said legacy at the jump of our interview here. I don't really believe in legacy the way I think a lot of people believe in legacy. I just think in maybe a broader timeline and I'm like, you know what? Uh, I think I, I forget the culture. I think it's the Mexicans where they say uh, there's the three deaths. The first death uh, is when you stop breathing. The second death is when your body gets put in the ground. And your third death is when your name is whispered for the last time. And I think that's a really short timeline. So in a hundred years, are people going to know who Christopher is? I don't know. And perfectly, I don't care. In a thousand years, definitely not. In 10,000, no, not at all. So I think there's a bit more beyond what that is, but that does not take away as well. I want to wake up every single day and I want to give it my all in to give it my best. And I love the feeling of being able to put my head on the pillow at the end of the day and feel satisfied with who I showed up with for that day. That's huge. Yeah. Uh, as far as, well, you got your evening routine that comes from a day well they will push. Um, for you, I'm curious, what is your, your routine? What's the first thing you do when you get up? Do you eat breakfast? Do you work out? What's your, what's your jam? All right. In a nutshell, uh, I usually wake up about 5am. I make sure I wake up uh, a good portion of time before anyone else wakes up. I walk downstairs. I go to the toilet. I drink water. I meditate for 20 minutes. And then I journal. I've got a bit of a journaling process that I go through that gets me clear and uh, having an intention for the day ahead. Uh, then typically I'll actually go out and go for about a 30 minute walk. And then that'll lead me into the office. And then I'll jump straight into the most important thing that I want to get done. For me, I'm much more of a morning person where I want to be like here in the office doing the work that I need to be able to get done. And a lot of the time my days are going to be finished by 10, 11 a.m., 12 midday, and then I call it. I typically finish my day uh, at about 12. I head home. I'll then uh, train, and then I pick my girls up from school, and then the rest of the afternoon is me wearing the dad hat, being uh, being as fun as possible. That's amazing. And so you've, you've got this business. You've got an online business, and you help these personal trainers. Um, you know, I'm, I'm interested. There's... You know, a lot of people have been doing this. You've been doing it for longer. You've had more success. What do you think set you apart uh, for your, you know, your high ticket coaching, the success that you get uh, inside of your program? Because I know a lot of people doing this online fitness business thing or, you know, helping other fitness business people. What, what has been your, your X factor for your longevity and your success? Great question, Eli. I think there's a couple of factors. One is longevity in it like staying in it for long enough uh like this is not a sprint of a game that we're playing like this is we, we got to be playing the long game i've definitely made mistakes had screw-ups along the way i look back and be like oh damn that wasn't the best thing that wasn't the best decision or something along the way and i guess that's learning that's hindsight at the end of the day also but it's really very much been sitting down and making sure that we have the absolute best solution in the marketplace. 
I can look you in the eye and I can say, I have the best solution in the marketplace for our clients, for everyone that qualifies in. And that's why we can make outrageous guarantees. Like that's why as a team as well, like for me, it's been very much the team building. Like my belief is I don't build businesses. I build the people that build the business. And I want to operate from that standpoint so I can lead the people that are in the business being able to do that. And uh, like currently right now, I was literally having the conversation with my wife last night where we're going to be going on a trip for about six to eight weeks uh, in the middle of the year. We'll be in the US, we'll be mainly in Mexico to Australia, probably to Spain as well. And I was like, okay, well, like I, I want to have a sabbatical. I want, I want to step away, but I also want to do it as a pressure test to see what happens inside of the business when I'm not there. Can the business still grow? I'm only a leader in my eyes. I'm only a leader if the business is able to grow when I'm not there. Uh, can I still have that working uh, without me having to do all the heavy lifting or me not even showing up in the first place? That's that's the test that I want to put upon myself. So for me, it's making sure that you're playing the game for the long game and are you best serving the customer at the end of the day and really coming at it not from a mimetic desire where you're looking at other people and just being like, I'm going to do a me too thing. It's no actually sitting down and being like, what is the best thing that we can do for our clients? And that's what we've come to today where it's like, we don't even use the word coaching inside of our program anymore because we're literally giving the clients the systems that they install inside of their business. Uh, we're being able to give them the content. We're being able to set up their ads for them. We're being able to get their team members to do their setting and content management for them. Like the only thing that our clients need to do, and this is what we say when they come on board, is you need to, one, follow the process that we have. So are you coachable? Number two, are you able to actually have the sales conversations, something that you're very doing well-known and very bloody good at at the same time? So can they have the conversations using the framework and skills that we want to help them develop? And number three, can they then actually coach their clients with us helping them with the actual setup? So we actually set up their app. We actually set up the software. We literally, we built a marketing and sales software as well, just for health and fitness professionals, because that was a huge thing. And so they're the three things that the clients need to do. So if somebody wants to have a six-figure online fitness business, we're extremely confident that we can have someone do that if they are able to tick the boxes. So the, the marketing stuff, the sales stuff, and the delivery stuff. Um, and you help right. synthesize all of that. You know, because this is the Everything is Influenced podcast, um, you know, this process of sales, what is your philosophy? What are your, you know, what, what kind of process do you follow? Because um, you've got you're good at sales yourself and you've got a good team and you've helped that out. I know Josh is amazing. You've got some, some killer people that you work with in sales and you've helped them. Um, what do you think has allowed you to sell high ticket for so long? Like, what do you, what do you do that's unique? From the backbone. And uh, this is amazing because this is what you shared on my podcast. So I'm just going to have to uh, mimic this just for a second, which is, the sales is so good because what we're selling is so good and the person selling it believes in what we're actually doing at the end of the day. And so they know if someone's really struggling, if someone's, if, if you've got the absolute, okay, I'll actually, I'll share your question. Alex Hormozy, I first met him in LA, I reckon it was like four or five years ago. And he said something very poignant to me, which was, 
you are able to have a winner win, but you will not win until you can get a loser to win. Mm. And I was like, huh, that's good. And so for me, I've been working on the principle is if I get someone that's completely down and out, they've got limiting beliefs until the cows come home. They've got, everything is against them, right? How can I show up and create the system needed so that that person is still going to win and then being able to have the nuances around that. So I believe the reason that we're growing and doing so well and everything seems really easy and in flow and graceful is we've built it off a system of knowing that we can actually help people. They're qualifying and I'll keep, I'll keep making that short because we can't help everyone at the same time. But then also uh, it's a case of doing the work and the practice. And I guess when you ask the question, like what's my philosophy with sales? I think for me, it's the two loves. Do I love myself enough to, uh, ask the right questions and show up as the person that I need to show up because I love the person that I'm talking to so that I can ask them the questions and I can show up for them as well. So do I love myself enough to be who I need to be? And do I love myself and do I love the other person enough so that I can actually best help them? Like, am, am I putting their best needs in? Because if I'm having a, I literally had a sales conversation uh, with someone that wanted me to do consulting for their business. And I was like, you know what, dude? this isn't a good fit. Do you mean like this, this isn't, this is not a hell yes. Do you mean, I don't think this is a hell yes for you. It's certainly not a hell yes for me. Hey, I, I think I can point you in the direction of some of somewhere else. And I just, I, I don't, I don't need, I don't need the money. I don't need the sale. Um, I don't need the gratification. And so I think when a philosophy comes from it, it's being able to actually help the person on the other side and do the best for them. Yeah. When you are coaching people, some people undoubtedly struggle, um, you know, and some people, maybe they're not in your program or, you know, just people struggling out there. What advice would you give people that are struggling? What mistakes do you see? Um, you know, how can somebody who's in a bad situation with their, their business or their online fitness business, uh, what is some of the advice you use to help people kind of turn it around? So, you use the word struggle. And for me, when I hear the word struggle, it's something that I learned from a great Buddhist teacher, Joseph Goldstein, which is struggle only really ever comes because you're not accepting something. So firstly, I want to come from a place of acceptance, accept the position that you're in and stop judging yourself. And a lot of the time people will be like, oh, I'm not making the money I want to make. I can't get the leads. I can't sign the clients. I, I am bad. I am not worthy. I am broken. And first being able to lower that, I think is then opens the doors to, okay, okay I've, set, I've accepted the situation and now I, need, now I can move forward. So you put yourself in a position of being able to grow and move forward from that. And then I think it's really simply being able to look at who is paving the path, who has achieved what it is that you want to achieve and how can you start learning from other people's success? How can you also start learning from other people's failures? But I think that's harder because people don't talk about their failures. People will much be happier to share about their successes. So I, if I was, Oh, I'm not closing the sales that I want to make. 
I would look at someone as yourself, Eli, and go, okay, this guy knows his stuff inside and out. How can I start learning? If I don't have the money to invest, I'm going to consume every single podcast that you have twice over. Do you know what I mean? And I'm going to do it slowly and I'm going to take notes and then I'm going to practice it. Uh, and then the third factor of this comes into the word I just used, which is practice. I think when we look at the practices that we need to be doing, uh, we need to be doing the work at the end of the day. So a lot of the time, I believe someone's not going to be achieving what they need to do because they either don't have the right plan. So that's why you need to start modeling success, have a mentor, have a teacher, have a guide, investing yourself in some way, shape or form. And then you need to be doing the work day in, day out as well. And, uh, I don't think it has to be harder than it really needs to be because I think all of us can make things a lot harder than it needs to be. Yeah. Yeah. It's following the plan. You know, it's, it's interesting what comes to my mind and I'm going to riff here a little bit. I, uh, you know, I, I got a hold of this study and this isn't about abortion in any way, but the study was based on abortion. I think it was done in like the eighties. The they, they essentially asked as a group of women, the question, how do you feel about abortion. And the interesting thing was there was there was actually three answers. The first answer was like, yes, you should be able to get abortions, but it was like, yes, because F you, I'll do whatever I want with my body, like F you, whatever. And so we call that pre-conventional wisdom. It's like say somebody goes to the gym, they're doing five sets of five, two, two sets of 10, they're eating like protein, fat, carbs, they're just eating whatever. They're just doing everything. They're just moving. You're just kind of all over the place. And somebody says, no, 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 you need five sets of five or 10 sets of 10 or, you know, 30% fat, carbs, protein. You, you need this, you need this process. And so the second question or second answer for these women, the first answer was yes, because I'll do whatever I want. The second answer was no, no, because people can't just do whatever they want. You need to find process and there's rules of society um, you know, and it's the same thing. I think when people get into business, there, there needs to be certain rules and structure, but the person that's the true master will often do things based on feel. And going back to this abortion example, the third answer was yes. Again, you should be able to get abortion. So it was yes, no, yes. But yes, the third time was a more conscious answer that took in more information. It was yes, because maybe this baby's going to kill the mother or she was raped. So there's, it's more of a holistic compassionate understanding of the situation. And I think, you know, as you develop in business, I think that a lot of people out there are kind of all over the place. You know, they're like in their gym, their workout, somebody says you need to structure, but an Olympic athlete, they do things based on feel. They know like if the hamstring's a little tight, I lean off a little bit today. You know, they know when to push it. And just like in sales and business, you've, I, I think that, you know, advice can kind of fall on deaf ears or sometimes it's the right advice for the wrong person, depending on where they're at. And, you know, when I, I kind of riff on this because modeling is the fastest way for anybody to get a result. Um, but there can be a double-edged sword too. We follow the process. And for me, when I first modeled somebody, it was Tony. I wanted to eat like Tony, walk like Tony, you know, speak like Tony, but then I wasn't myself. And I kind of lost essence of where I could lean into my own edges. And, you know, I, I definitely was trying to do Tony stuff where I'd speak 15 hours a day about kill myself. Uh, and I was like, whoa, that's, that's not my edge. You know, it's like, I'm, I'm not you know, Tony Robbins. I'd like, this is killing me. And so it's, it's interesting when you look at, at businesses and, where we can, you know, we were in the same coaching program, 
And you see other people, even in Taki's program or whatever, following some of the same processes. You and I have been in the same programs. Sometimes we read some of the same books. Um, when we kind of go off script, when we get creative, what do you think has allowed you to not just follow the process, the SOP, the standard operating procedure, but also have a new level of insight and creativity that is uniquely your own, that has positioned you above other people? What has been your higher level of consciousness to help you uh, connect and have more success than most people? Because you're not just following the process yourself. You've been able to go off script, to go on feel in your leadership. What, what do you think has allowed you to think differently um, and follow that intuition? I love this question, dude. Um, th this, this is an amazing question that I firstly have to say, I don't know the full answer and it's definitely something I'm still unraveling with myself also. So one thing yeah, I've said recently to a few ends. people. Yeah, <laughs> I don't think it ever ends, you know, I hope it, it, it definitely doesn't. And I think that's a part of the beauty. So a, a few things come up with me when you say that, which is one thing I've said a few times to some people is it's best to emulate and then to innovate. So it's best to emulate. If I'm having a sales conversation, I'm going to emulate Eli. Then after a while, I can start innovating upon what I'm emulating because I've put the reps, because I've got some sort of ground basis of uh, a foundation and some wisdom that I can then build upon. Do you mean a, a bare blown white belt cannot do that because you don't know what you, where to start from. The process where I find you really start hitting straps and where you get that hockey stick of results as well is when you can start truly being your authentic self coming from a place of abundance. And again, this is where if someone's in a really crappy situation, it's hard for them to be in the mind state, in the level of consciousness that allows them to be creative. Like if I'm in a, if I'm in a, a state of fear and anxiety, I'm clearly not going to show up and be the person I need to be that can really be able to create. Uh, Einstein said the, to solve a problem, you have to be at a different level of consciousness. The problem was created in. And so I feel like where it comes down to Eli is we need to be able to put the reps in so that we have a foundation to build off, but then we need to be able to be in the right state so that then we can start to learn. And for me, it's being able to literally use from different areas. I want to constantly be learning from different places. Like one thing that I'm currently doing at the moment is I've actually got a private mentor and I'm studying philosophy every single week with a private mentor. And it's amazing. I'm loving it. We're going through all the different philo philosophical schools and people and it's incredible. I can't get enough of it. And what I'm wanting to do as I go through this, and the reason why I started was because I got very much into Buddhism. I was really studying and practicing Buddhism. I was really studying and practicing uh, into Stoicism as well. But then I wanted to look at the other sides. Well, what, what was the counter argument to Stoicism? Do you know what I mean? Like, what's the counter argument as to why is what Eli is saying the right thing? Because then when I can actually look from the two sides, and I can say, oh, okay, I understand this part of the argument and why I could be pro, but I also understand the negative part of the argument, why I would not be against this. And as the Buddha says, you can find your middle way. And so that's when you can start being able to mesh and mold and be able to understand it. Because I feel in very much today, if I have 
a model to work on, if I have a mentor to be able to emulate off, I'm not learning the full spectrum for what I need to be able to see. I'm just doing everything that Tony says and doing nothing but, but again, I can't operate from the same essence, from the same flavor, from the same genre, say quoi, that he's going to be operating off, which means I'll never be able to be who I truly need to be. And so therefore I need to be able to like mesh and mold and be agile. And eventually it's just going through the process of it. Like it's just putting in the time and putting in the work rather than hoping that it's going to be genuine a 90 day quick fix to whatever problem that I have right now. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, kind of the evolution of entrepreneurs, you know, it's this tactics and they're signing up for every free webinar and PDF and things like that. And it's like, what's the script? What's the process? What's the, you know, the thing. And then it's like strategies, you know, there's the, what to do, then there's the why and what to do the order and syntax and sequence and how you need to think. And then it goes into principles. I was listening to this weekend, I was going for a walk, listening to some old Jim Rohn. Mm-hmm. It was about cultivating your own philosophy. And then behind philosophy, there's the essence. And it's this, this energy that you bring to it, you know, that fuels and you deliver. It's the energy that drives home your philosophy into the strategies and then the tactics. And then when you start higher like that, I think that it, the, that's why the same tactics in business and sales and scripting, whatever it is, can sound very different based on somebody is aligned. There's an embodiment there. And I think that, you know, I, I won't poop on any people with their, I won't say anybody's names, but I've seen a lot of these speakers, even like big name speakers, they get up there and they're like, like talking robots or they're kind of, you know, they're, they're not really connected or not coming off authentic because they're kind of connected to the process. They're, they're not embodied and then embodied leadership, when it's authentic can only come from experience. And, you know, that's, that's the essence of it. You know, I'm I'm going to get that book you recommended. If I may, Eli, one thing I see a lot of people go wrong and only because I see, I saw this upon myself and this is one of the biggest mistakes or things I did wrong or do you mean like it was a mistake was I copied the business model of a mentor too close to the T for way too long. And that's something I see a lot of people go wrong where it's like, Oh, okay. So I, let's just use for example, because this is a lot of the world that you and I are in. Oh, I'm going to run a high ticket coaching business that does do you know what I mean? This sort of deliverables and I'm going to run traffic from an ad to a Facebook group to a sales call. Cool. Do you know what I mean? Like, does it work? Yes, it works. Do you know what I mean? Does it work for everyone? No, because there's nuance within it as well. And I feel like that's where a lot of the time is there is too many people not willing to work through the nuance because they're just wanting like, just tell me it's five sets of five. Do you know what I mean? And this is exactly what I have to do when I go into the gym. It's like, no, it doesn't work like that. So when I was back in the fitness world, I worked at this amazing gym in Dubai. It was like, remember the movie, the expendables? Yeah. 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 Okay. So this gym was amazing. I remember first walking in, there was a couple of guys that were like, very high level Olympic lifters. There were like uh, magazine cover models. There was like literally world champion uh, physique models. Like it was just incredible. Like this crew of, of trainers that was in this gym. And I remember very clearly it was a three time world champion female physique model. And I got, I became really good friends with it. We actually did a, an Australian seminar tour 
And I was actually with her right before she won her third world championship. And so I would literally, I was in charge of making sure we'd like go to the gym, like where are we training? Because we'd be presenting in different cities, like every second day, where are we going to be getting the food from? And I was stressing out. I was like, shit, I can't stuff up her food, her prep, her training, like all of these things. And it was really interesting because she knew herself. She had like the intuitive sense, exactly what she needed to do. And I remember really clear. We walked into the gym one day, uh, she was training legs. She, I, she did three sets of squats and then came up to me and goes, I'm done. And I was like, what do you mean you're done? You're like a couple of weeks out from world championship. And she's like, no, I'm good, dude. She knew it inside out. So again, that's, that's only learned through practice and through time, but it's through the nuance of understanding what's at hand as well. So for me, it was the big mistake of, oh my God, didn't mean I've been copying this model for way too long. And then when I, I was able to step back and to create from a better space, holy shit, things became so much better. Yeah. Doing things based on feel is absolutely amazing. Um, yeah, this is phenomenal, man. Is there anything about building a business online, getting to the success you have? Is there anything that I didn't ask you that I should have asked you that might help our people if they're struggling or if they just want to, you know, dominate in this online business space? I think the first is becoming the person that you need to be that can create what it is that you want. So for me, I have this uh, I have a quote, one of, one of the artworks I have in my office here, and it's from Ikkyo Sojin, which is a, uh, it was a great Zen master back in the day. And the quote is, throw me into hell and I'll find a way to enjoy it. And so for me, it's becoming the person where you're able to uh, endure what it is that you need to endure. Like Marcus Aurelius has a great quote, which is, uh, do not argue what a good man should be, be one. And that's just it. Show up as the person that you need to on a day-to-day level and understand that it's all growth and it's all evolution. And working from that standpoint, you can then go and learn the things that you need to be able to learn. You can apply it and build the skill sets. You can create the behaviors. You can create the habits. And then by doing that, you become the person that can have the business that you want. The only reason why I don't have a bigger business is because I have not become the person that can create a bigger business yet. Do you know what I mean? Like, and that's the thing is if you haven't done something before, you haven't become that person that is able to do that thing. And that doesn't mean you're a bad person. That doesn't mean that you're broken. It just means you haven't gone through the process yet to create what it is that you need because I, I love my life. I'm genuinely really happy. And like, you know what? Uh, at the start of last year, I had depression and it was one of the deepest, darkest holes that I've ever been in. It was like I was in a dark ocean, just keeping my head above water and having suicidal ideation, all this. And I was like, I don't deserve to have this. Like I have a great business. I have a great family, like all this stuff. And outside of that context, I was like, I then had to go through the work to then become the person where I can now say, I love myself. I love the person I'm showing up as. I love what I'm doing. No, I'm not perfect, but that's perfectly fine as well. And understanding that there is just so much to this world. Like everyone listening to this right now should be extremely grateful. Does that mean that we operate from gratefulness and absolute joy in the entire time? No, it doesn't mean that at all. And that's perfectly not what I'm saying, but it's, 
really making sure that you can create the life that you want. And that's the thing for me, I really want to ensure that I'm helping people to live their best life, to create a life worth living. That's the thing is where it's at. And if it's through earning money through a vehicle, that is an online business. Amazing. Then do that and become the person that can do that. But also understand that you don't need to earn money. You don't need to achieve all of these things to get the feeling that you're ultimately all trying to get. Because that's the thing. We only do things to create a feeling. Do you know what I mean? You like I can have a sensation and be like, you know what? I thought when I get to $10 million a year, I'm going to be happy. Do you know what I mean? No, that's not the case whatsoever. Do you know what I mean? Like you put another 10 million in my bank account, there's not going to be much of a difference. And typically the things that we want are only coming from mimetic desire as well. So like I might see you and go, God damn, that's a beautiful head of hair. He's a handsome mofo. I want to look like Eli. Do you know what I mean? Like, and there's nothing wrong with that at all, but it's got to also come like, am I creating what I want to create? And am I becoming who I want to become? Because then if you do that, the rest of it is easy. You can be in grace and you can just make sure things are going to be flowing for you. Because I just feel like way too many of us, and this is just from myself, giving myself my own medicine. We make things too hard and we doubt ourselves and it can often come from a place of not feeling worthy and not feeling enough and thinking that if we need to achieve something that we're going to feel worthy, we're going to feel enough. And that's not the case. Yeah. I love it. Powerful stuff, brother. Where can, where can folks find out more about you, your business, what you're up to? Uh, best place to go is just go to the Chris Dufay podcast, uh, tune in with me there. You'll have amazing episodes with the likes of Eli Wilde and many other of the cool cats. Essentially the entire show has the premise of I'm literally wanting to be able to go to the world's best to be able to find out what it is they're doing to create the success, to create the life that they have created. And for me, I'm just wanting to document my journey through this process as well. I love it. Awesome, brother. Thank you so much for being on and for everybody listening. Thank you. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Everything is Influence podcast. If you got value from this episode, loved what you heard, and you want to go deeper into really understanding the core fundamentals of influence, then I have one more gift for you. I've put together a special training just for the listeners of this podcast that breaks down the four levels of influence and how to start using these tools in your life today. If you want that free training, then go to wildinfluence.com forward slash go. That's wildinfluence.com forward slash go. That's wild with an E at the end, then influence.com forward slash go. All you need to do is enter your name, email, and phone number, and we will send that over to you straight away. Until the next time, my friend, this is Eli signing off from the Everything is Influence podcast.